0: The Plumbing Marketing Profits Podcast. Interviews with million-dollar-plus plumbing and HVAC business owners on how they market and grow their companies in today's economy. Hear directly from the most successful leaders in your business and discover what they are doing to keep their phone ringing, trucks running, and businesses booming.
1: With your host,
0: Josh Nelson.
1: Well, hey everybody, this is Josh Nelson with Plumbing and HVAC SEO, and I really want to welcome you to today's podcast, the Plumbing and HVAC Marketing Podcast. I am super excited today because I'm interviewing a client and really highly successful uh, plumbing and HVAC business entrepreneur, Chad Peterman. And so, Chad, thanks so much for joining me today.
2: Yeah, no problem, Josh, thanks for having me. Glad to uh, glad to be on and, and hopefully provide some value for, uh, for those listening and, and watching.
1: I'm sure I'm sure you will, and just kind of working with you and kind of seeing what you do well outside of what we bring to the table, It's. It, I can tell you guys have a, a really creative, aggressive marketing approach. Obviously, you've grown significantly over the last couple of years, so I'm sure there's going to be great insight. So put your learning caps on, get a pen and paper out because it's going to be a great interview. So before we dive in too deep, uh, Chad, just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of High level from the from the business perspective, approximate you know how much revenue, how many trucks, that kind of fun stuff.
2: Certainly, certainly. So we've been uh, been in business since '86. Uh, my dad started the company uh, out of his garage, um, and uh, myself and my brother uh, run the uh, company now. My dad's somewhat semi-retired. Uh, he deals more, so we have a, a, a small uh, commercial arm that deals mul- mostly with multifamily projects, uh, rehab. Uh, and things of that nature. On the residential side, as, as a company, uh, we're right around 75 employees Wow um, and continuing to grow. Uh, we've got about 40 trucks out on the road. Um, we did a little over 10 million last year. Uh, we're on pace this year uh, through the first quarter, um, and now pretty much almost through April, on pace to hit around 14 or 15 million. Holy moot. Um, we've, we've got... Uh, We've got our main location is on the south side of Indianapolis. Um, We also have a satellite location in Columbus, Indiana, uh, which is about an hour south, an hour or 45 minutes south of Indianapolis. And then we're about two weeks away from launching uh, a third location in Lafayette, Indiana, um, where Purdue University is. It's about an an hour and 15 minutes from our location here in Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, definitely over the past, uh, over the past, two to three years. We've really grown significantly um, and and added people um, and and just continuing to try to get better each and every day to to hopefully serve as many customers as we can.
1: That's phenomenal. I was actually looking at my notes uh, and for some reason I had written down six million annual revenue, uh, like 30 trucks. So you've grown a lot since that initial note was taken in our, our system anyways. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think the initial note uh, when I reached out to you guys was probably around 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, 2016, we did um, right around seven million. Uh, we did ten last year, and then, like I said, we're on pace for uh, for fourteen or fifteen this year uh, that, through the first quarter. We can hold that up. So obviously, it's early on, uh, but, uh, but but still trying to push hard for sure.
1: That's phenomenal. I'm excited to unpack that. Kind of how you guys made that happen. Um, just tell us a little bit about the service mix. Uh, I know that you know HVAC kind of leads the name, but your full service, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so full service, um, we've been doing heating since 86. Uh, so dad started with heating, that's primarily where his background was. Um, we added plumbing right about six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the plumbing side of things. And then um, we added, uh, of our excavation side uh, probably about a year and a half ago Um, really got serious about it about a year and a half ago so um, as far as our mix goes we're about oh we're about probably 50 to 60 percent HVAC um, and then the other probably you know 30 percent is plumbing um, and then you know we've got that uh, 20 percent or so uh, 10 to 20 percent that's that commercial side uh, that we do
1: Awesome. Great, great mix. And so just, I know that, you know, you you and your brother now are running it day-to-day. Your dad's obviously, the, the, you know, been involved. But kind of tell me how you got into the business. You know, Is it, being a, is it a second generation, third generation?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's a second generation business. Okay. Uh, my, my brother and I kind of took uh, two different paths into the business. Um, obviously, as kids growing up, we were always in and around, you know, cleaning the shop or, or whatever. Whatever that may be. Um, and so, after college, I actually, um, really, kind of upon the advice of uh, some friends and family, uh, took a job elsewhere. Uh, so I actually moved out of state, moved down to North Carolina, took a job down there, uh, totally out of the industry, had nothing to do with with the trades or heating or plumbing or anything like that. Uh, worked down there for two, almost exactly two years, um, and you know, uh, and then decided it was time to come back. So. Came back, uh, got started, really just doing a little bit of everything, um, which was really good. You, you kind of learn all aspects of it from inside out. I've um, never really been a technician type, um, but uh, you know, there again, I've learned uh, from some of our guys, you know, the ins and outs. So I, I know, I know enough to be dangerous, we'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it when it comes to to field stuff, uh, my brother was a little bit different story. Uh, he kind of knew that this was what he wanted to do. Uh, from when he was young, so uh, he went to college and then uh, right out of college started working here and has worked here ever since.
1: Very, very cool. And so, what's like, what's your main focus in the in the business? Like, what's your you know, main thing you focus on versus what he focuses on?
2: Yeah, so um, it, it actually works out really nice. Obviously, I've, I've heard my fair share of horror stories uh, when it comes to family business and, and different stuff like that. Uh, we're very, very fortunate in the fact that. Uh, my interests and my brother's interests are very different. Mm. Uh, my, my interests lie more so on the business side of things and the marketing and growing the business. And um, Not that he's not focused on that, but he's more on the operations side. So uh, he runs pretty much our, our entire HVAC install department, uh, our sewer and excavation department. Um, all of that stuff when it comes to operations and, and putting in and coordinating big jobs. Uh, that's his. Uh, that's his baby. That's what he uh, what he loves to do. So uh, it works out nice. We've got kind of a nice split uh, when it comes to
1: roles. Yeah, it really sounds like almost like the perfect synergy, right? You, you know, you're yeah. focused on the sales business development. He's focused on operational excellence. And when that happens, it's just a beautiful marriage of of skills, and you're not like fighting each other for for some of the same uh, same responsibilities.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely. It definitely works out creates a lot less uh you know infighting and and if there's there's something that's in his realm i just and and i find myself kind of creeping in to give advice i just back out and say you got it i trust you just figure
1: it out so just out of curiosity the the two years out of out of college you went took a job what kind of job was that i'm sure people are curious
2: yeah uh so it was a job so uh, i was a um I worked for a company based out of Pennsylvania. We manufactured adhesive. Okay. Um, and so I was kind of an account manager uh, for, I covered um, the entire Southeast really from North Carolina down to Florida and Florida to Texas. So okay. it was uh, it was on an airplane every Monday, uh, home every Friday. Ouch. Uh, so as, as you can imagine, that gets a little bit old after a while, oh, yeah. uh, but when you're young uh, and uh, you know, that's, uh, that's that's pretty fun. I had a lot of friends that, Somehow, luckily for me, moved down that direction, so it was always nice on a weekend. You could, you could see friends that you may not see all the time, um, and it was a good experience to kind of learn it on your own and out there know, by yourself.
1: Yeah, because so many of, uh, of these businesses do come you know, second generation, third generation, and there's always that challenge for the, the next generation coming up. Uh, it's good to hear your, kind of your perspective and that you did it. Do you feel like that was something you'd recommend? Uh, you know, maybe spend a couple of years working at another company just so you get a feel for what the real world is like before you hop full time into the family business? Uh,
2: yeah. And, you know, and again, everybody's journey is a little bit different. Uh, my brother's made it work out just fine, and he, he came straight into it. Um, I think for me and where my interests lie as far as growing the business and the marketing side, um, you know, dad was always, you know, key on growing the business. Um, but the marketing and stuff like that—he, you know—that it, it didn't interest him a ton. Um, so it was good to have, I, I guess, more so the confidence uh, that I've been out on my own. Hey, I think this is what we should do, and have the confidence to stand behind that decision as opposed to, you know, not really knowing anything and then coming in and going, well, I think we should do this, and he goes, Ah, oh, we've never done that before, and then, well, okay, I've never, I've never made any sort of decision out in the real world either, so I guess I'll just, you know, uh, defer to that. So. For me, I, I would I would recommend it. Um, it, it. It gave me a lot of time to grow up. I think, mm. um, you know, out of college, and um, I think it's it served me personally uh, really well.
1: Nice, very very good. Thanks for the insights on that front. I'm sure that's going to be helpful uh, for for a lot of guys that are maybe in, in a similar track to you. So awesome. So you've got this great company growing, expanding. Uh, let's dive into you know kind of the nuts and bolts and how of how that happens. So. I always say and I like to frame this entire podcast around you know marketing really boils down to three key things Uh, market who do you sell to message what do you say how do you position yourself uniquely and then media how do you get that message in front of those ideal customers so let's start with with the market how do you guys define uh, the ideal client for uh, for Peterman heating cooling and, and plumbing.
2: Yeah, so this is something that I think um, probably over the last year we've really worked to narrow down. Um, I think there's often the tendency to want to grow and just grow means let's just throw money at everything that we can um, and see how we grow. Well, you know, unfortunately uh, you know, if you want to provide a premium service, um, which, you know, I I think most people do, um, you're not for everybody. Um, And there's a good or bad there's a there's a segment of clients out there that they don't want what you have to offer um which is perfectly fine um and, and i think zeroing in on that is key mm-hmm. um we focus in on you know obviously homeowners um the, the people that we do really well with are people with um what we found is people with uh, secondary education so college grads um you know we we kind of tend to obviously as as I'm creating some of the message, uh, the demographic uh, that I'm a part of, we speak well to that demographic. So you're, you know, young professional, that, uh, you know, 30 to 45 range we speak well to. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
2: But we also speak well to, I think, an older demographic too um, is what we're finding because we really promote trust and we're the company that you can count on and dependability. Um, and we're honest and, you know, uh, we want to treat our customers like family, um, that's really what we look at as our differentiator. So you get some of those older customers who are, you know, whether it's kind of thinking back to the way it was or, or whatever that, you know, kind of social norm that they, they associate with uh, is, is where we do really well.
1: Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, really, really pretty clearly defined target market. Um, and you kind of mentioned a little bit of the, of the message stuff. So you, know, you mentioned trust, dependability, treat them like family. Are there any other things that you guys consider part of your core message that resonates with that target market? Yeah,
2: so I, I think the one thing that we've tried to do, and this is just out of examining kind of our competition here uh, in the Indianapolis area, is, okay, what's what's truly going to make us different? You know, obviously the first thing that well, we're dependable. Well, people can trust us. Well, you know. Well, yeah, everybody can say that, you know, in one way or another, it's definitely hard to kind of call somebody on, well, you're not trustworthy, or or whatever it may be, and the one thing that we've always tried to do is incorporate um, our faces into it, Um, so we've got, uh, myself and my brother, we do all of our own radio commercials, we do all of our own TV, Um, you know, we do, on social media, you see us a lot, uh, as far as really promoting the fact that we're not hiding behind a brand. Uh, we're out there. If you got a problem, you know my name, call me up, and we'll talk on the phone. Um, one of the guarantees that we have uh, for our members is what, what we call an owner's voice guarantee. Mm. So if you have a problem uh, and you felt like you were wronged in some way or a situation didn't go the way it was supposed to, you can call up and one of us will talk to you. Um, we always look at it as, we're going to talk to you anyway, why not just put it out there and use it as as a piece of our marketing uh, to really show that you can't trust us because I'll talk to you on the phone about it if, if something goes wrong.
1: I love that. That's the first time I've ever heard that, and it's a unique thing to you guys, the owner's voice guarantee. Um, that's really cool.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's, it's, it's done really well. I think you catch some people off guard when you say it, like, you know, I've had other people, other um, businesses like, well, I could never, I could never do that. Well, you know, yeah, you can. It's just a matter of do you want to hold yourself accountable to providing that level of service that people are going to be thrilled about? Um, and then also, you know, just helping people out and, and taking responsibility for what you do. We're all going to screw up. It's the nature of the business. We're going to have leaks. We're going to have, you know, units that have a part that's faulty. It's just part of it but i think standing behind that has always served us well um, when it comes to making
1: a customer for life awesome yeah that, that's really good and the other the other thing you said which is true if you look up peterman uh, heating and cooling you're going to see you've got chad you've got his brother you've got his dad their faces are are out there like and they're not hiding behind it i know that that people like to do business with people they know like and trust and so you guys have really embraced that in a powerful way, and I think it's really serving you well, as the as the numbers will will indicate.
2: Certainly, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been really good, and it's also, um, you know, I think it makes it that much more special when you get those positive reviews, and people are like, hey, they stand behind what they do, and and they want to do good. Or, you know, my my favorite ones are, hey, they screwed up, but they got back out here and got it fixed, and they they didn't, you know. You know, just they didn't string it out and try to blame it on somebody else. They just got to take care of uh, like it should be in the first place.
1: Yeah, powerful, powerful stuff, powerful messaging. Um, so then we can we can shift to the to the media. And I know you guys do this really well. You get a very diverse marketing mix. But let's talk a little bit about what avenues you use to get that message out and where you're generating uh, the leads from.
2: Yeah, certainly. I got uh, I kind of made a few notes here. Uh, just so I don't make make sure that I don't miss any, um, you know, the our primary um, what we call our uh, primary marketing piece is our newsletter. Okay. Um, so we do a uh, we do a print newsletter uh, to our entire customer base uh, each and every month. Um, so we make it in house. Uh, we've got and it's filled with not so much a sales message but more of just a human message. Mm-hmm. You know, make it something interesting to read. Uh, our our biggest test is you know, if this story was in the paper, would you give it a look? You know, is it a, a, you know, an employee maybe having a, um, you know, maybe having a, uh, you know, having a new new grandbaby or, you know, uh, someone graduating uh, from college or, you know, the uh, recipe of the month or uh, the employees of the month, different things like that, um, along with educational pieces uh, that is, you know, just there to provide information and be uh, someone that uh, the customer can count on when it comes to uh, to the needs of their home. That's I would
1: say we, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I just want to chime in on that particular topic before we move to something else. So, so continue. I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, no, you're good. Yeah, and, and then it, I kind of went deep into that one because we do use that as kind of our basis, Okay. and then we really spin all of our other marketing off of that newsletter. So,
1: so um, I just want to so chime in then before we move to the next to the next topic. That's it's such a powerful thing that you that you are sending a physical newsletter. So it's not a it's not an email, it's something physically printed and mailed that's personality based. Um 99% of the plumbing, HVAC, electrical companies I talk with, you know, they don't do email newsletters, let alone a printed newsletter. And it seems like the companies that do it and that really are consistent with it, they build that following, they build that brand recognition, they build that client relationship. And the amount of repeat and referral, the business they get from it, just it's, it just expands the growth of the company. So I'm really excited that you shared that and that it's, it's working so well for you.
2: Yeah, it, it truly is. We, we look at it in the, um, in the perspective of, is it expensive to send out each and every month? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you kind of get what you put into it. Um, and the, the thing that we look at it is, anytime we get a brand new customer, um into the funnel whether that be through the website or through you know a mailer they saw one of our trucks or something like that our goal is to get them on that newsletter list Um, because then they can start learning about who we are uh, as people um you know who is my technician oh shoot i didn't know he likes fishing or whatever that may be um and, and so we really use that and really think about that as putting a fence around our customer base so they hear from us consistently each and every month and it's not a hey buy this now hey look at this great deal it's just interesting stuff is what we try to be um, through through that newsletter
1: so you're sending that physically out to uh, not just your client base but to prospects as well
2: yeah so that's actually it's funny you ask that we're actually in the um in the beginning stages of taking um, taking our newsletter, obviously it's geared towards people who have had us, you know, a technician out to their home. So mm-hmm. they've had one of our trucks right in their driveway. Uh, what we're doing now is we're spinning that content off into neighborhood newsletters. Okay. So uh, it's a shorter version, um, but what we're doing is it's not a real branded piece. Um, but it's more so, hey, this is the, you know, whatever community it may be. So, uh, uh, you know, Greenwood is a suburb of, of Indianapolis. So we may send it out to, we can target, we target really closely who our ideal client is. And then we send that newsletter out and it's somewhat disguised as a neighborhood newsletter. So it may be the Greenwood, uh, you know, home, what, you know, home guide or home newsletter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have tips in it such as, you know, three things you need to know about a tankless water heater, or how to get your AC ready for summer, and just different stuff like that that they can take advantage of, and then coupling that with maybe a longer form lead magnet, if you will, of hey, you know, um, call this line or visit this page to get you know uh, this free guide or checklist or whatever it is. So we can get people to raise their hand and just simply say they're interested in one of our services. That's all we're looking to do. You just say you're interested, and then it's our job from there to educate you and provide the value so that when you do need our services, you know exactly who to call.
1: That's awesome. And so, I mean, I think you just said you, you produce this in-house, you send it in-house. Do you have, like, a physical mailroom, or, or is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, no, not so much
2: the mailroom, but um, the the marketing uh, kind of marketing department uh, that we have in house uh, produces it and stuff like that. We send it out to get mailed out, Um, but uh, we produce all the copy in house um, and and different elements for the newsletters inside.
1: That's awesome. Like you said, it's probably if you if you're sending it to all of the client base, it's it's not a small bill every month to get that to get that produced and sent.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And, and I would say just to, to couple on to add on to that, um, one of the unique things that was kind of a uh, an offshoot benefit of this newsletter was we also put all our employees on the list.
0: Mm. Um,
2: so their employees and the families, they get a newsletter every month, too, um, where, you know, you got a technician who's spending, you know sometimes when it gets hot out or you know it's raining it like cats and dogs you know their wife may be missing them for 50 or 60 hours out of a week it's nice for that spouse to know hey you know my husband or my wife they work for a company that cares and that are that's human it's not a my you know my husband or wife is a number and they're just going out there getting beat up and then i never get to see them and then they're stressed out and stuff like that so we've really used that and that wasn't and intent when we first did it, but uh, it's been one of those things where we've tried to incorporate elements in there where um, you know we incorporate the spouses and, and stuff like that because we are a family um, and sometimes a big family when you think of extended families and, and people's families.
1: No doubt, and, and so that also then is, is tying into co- company culture, which is helping with retention and kind of the buy-in of the team. So that that's a cool offshoot from that marketing strategy. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about newsletters. Do you send that in an email format as well, or is it just printed?
2: We haven't done it in an email. It's been something I've been meaning to do, uh, but we haven't uh, we haven't got uh, got to that yet. So um, we'll probably launch that element this, um hopefully you know, in the next couple of months. Um, and that goes into that kind of uh, which, based on the kind of the questions. Uh, get sent over uh, to start. Maybe get into it a little bit later or, uh, later in, in the concept of the layering um, when it comes to marketing which we found a ton of success with um, as far as making campaigns a lot more successful for
1: sure. Awesome. So so we talked about newsletters, let's continue talking about that overall marketing mix.
2: Yeah, yeah. so um, our, our other mix is obviously um, we're, we're heavy online, SEO, PPC. Uh, you guys manage that uh, and do a great job for us um, when it comes to that, because uh, I'd be lost uh, in, in AdWords uh, had it not been for you guys. Um, but uh, heavy there um, online. Um, also direct mail. Uh, we do, um, we'll do do your bow packs and your money mailers and some of those kind of buzzword type things where you can get kind of maps. Um, distribution um, along with some direct mail so we'll do some postcards surrounding maybe a promotion that we're having different things of that nature and then the one that's been really successful for us um as i said earlier is my brother and i do all of our radio
0: Mm -hmm. um the
2: radio has been huge for us in not so much um, the promotion side, it works pretty well, um, and we've incorporated some text messaging into the radio ads, mm. um, to where we can somewhat track uh, how the ad is doing. Uh, but we also use the radio for somewhat um, you know, branding messages, uh, of really building trust, and hey, this is who we are. If you got a question, you know who to ask for, and we want to be your guy, and stuff like that, that mm. other people aren't doing on the radio in our market. Um, so it does definitely set us apart uh, when it comes to that.
1: Nice. So, so the on the radio front, is there is it like one specific station you tend to focus on, or do you diversify across a variety of stations? How do you how do you set that media strategy up?
2: Yeah. So um, obviously, we're looking at kind of our demographics and our, our target customer, um, and then kind of comparing that to you know radio demographics and who do they serve and different stuff like that. Um, I can tell you we have found success with targeting those direct people, um, and then we found success on other stations that don't really target necessarily what we think is our ideal customer, but they work well, Mm -hmm. Uh, so we just kind of stick with those. So we're on probably anywhere from two to three stations at a time, Mm -hmm. Um, and so kind of mixing up the message, and then we'll, we'll alternate that, so we may run two weeks heavy, and then we'll we get off of there, and then maybe hit another market for two weeks, and um, just try to change it up. Um, we have a we have a firm that buys all of our uh, digital media um, in the respects of radio and TV and stuff like that, which truly does help. Uh, I can tell you, if you're spending any any amount of money on radio and TV, having someone that can buy that for you is it, it's worth so much money because they know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. Uh, it saves me. I know just countless hours of time uh, trying to decipher what a radio station or a TV station is sending me uh, when it comes to programming and different stuff like that.
1: No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Get get a professional involved that really understands yeah. it. And uh, so, uh, how much how much TV and billboards? Any billboards, or is it mostly radio? Uh, yeah, we don't do we don't do really any billboards
2: at all. Okay. Um, no billboards. Uh, we do um, a little bit of TV. Uh, we're getting some more into that as we continue to develop our message um, and um, you know really spread that and really drive down the TV is going to become something that um, we try to use um, with that. But it's always been primarily radio. Um, and as we've grown, that budget's increased uh, over time as well.
1: That's, that's, that's awesome. Okay, so we've got internet, we've got, you know, broadcast media. Um, what, what other types of things are you guys doing, if, if any?
2: Yeah, um, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, we do some yard signs. We do some targeted geo mailers um, through a service uh, where we, you know, if we do a job in a neighborhood, uh, we basically send the service our address or not our address the address of the customer and then they send out mailers to you know you can pick but between 75 and 100 homes around mm. that particular address um so that's that's worked fairly well um we've got uh and then we do um some of the online you know your angie's list and stuff like that uh angie's list before they were sold were was based out of indianapolis so angie's list is kind of big here in our community because they seem to be always in the news and different stuff like that. We've had mixed results with them. Uh, you know, you get I think you get a somewhat more qualified buyer, um, but you also got a buy, the buyer is just a little bit different uh,
1: mm-hmm. in, in some respects too. And I think Angie's List was born in your in your backyard It's probably one of the yeah. better markets for Angie's List.
2: Certainly. Yeah, definitely talking to people across the country is definitely not as big a deal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably saw more success, but like you said, if you drove downtown and you saw a big building that said Angie's Lift on it, so uh, that, that definitely probably helped.
1: All right, so, so uh, I have a couple follow-up questions because this is amazing. Yeah. It's a really cool marketing mix. Um, would you mind kind of sharing, because you guys have had this accelerated growth. Well, approximately what percentage of your revenue do you allocate back towards towards marketing expenditures?
2: Yeah, so we, we create the budget at the end of every year, uh, try to get on it sooner rather than later. Uh, sometimes, uh, as most probably business owners know, that that sometimes gets stretched out to middle of December and we're still trying to throw the numbers together type thing, but uh, uh, try to get that all together. Usually what we try to do is we try to shoot for a budget of around, well, we make the initial budget of around eight to eight and a half percent. Okay. And usually our hope is that our revenue will outpace that mm-hmm. and we'll fall in really that, that seven range is, is where we want to be. Okay. Um, I've heard people say 10% if you're really wanting to grow. Uh, to me, you know, you get up, you get up in there, yeah, you better be pretty confident about your budget uh when it comes to what you're spending and what you're gonna bring in the door for sure
1: Yeah so it's awesome that you've been able to see that type of accelerated growth at seven percent because most people say you got to be 10 plus to, to really yeah. get a growth going so that's that's been fantastic yeah there's a question here um, thanks for joining us we've got a couple people watching us on Facebook now uh, Ursula O'Hare wants to know how long approximately how long did it take to you guys to get to the six million dollar mark? As a company, do you know that offhand?
2: Um, six million. We were there. Um, you know, that would probably be probably be a better question for my dad. All right, uh, you don't know, but, we don't need um, it. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was probably we were probably probably ten or fifteen years in um, okay. before we hit that hit that mark. Um, and there again, my dad's growth strategy was a little bit different. Um, than, than what our strategy is now, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know he he had different goals and, and different things of that nature. So um, it it definitely was always healthy growth uh, for for him um, as far as as far as that goes.
1: Right, so it was quick. You know, obviously great to get to six million, and it's amazing that you're continue to have this accelerated growth that you guys have now. Um, can you talk a little bit about the texting? With radio, that's something that you know is kind of unique. Something that's kind of cool. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, certainly. So that was something that we, we came up with last year, um, and we run a um, we run a free furnace promotion. Uh, you probably have seen it out there with with somebody if if you've been around uh, the program. But basically, we work out a um, work out like a co-op deal with our supplier in that if we buy an air conditioning system, they'll give us the furnace for free. Um, type thing so we work out kind of a deal on that end um, and then um, we, we kind of instituted it with the radio in that promotion specifically and what it was was if you'd like a free consultation text a keyword it was I think furnace for that particular promotion text furnace um, and we'll set up a consultation so we weren't exactly sure how it would work uh, we kind of put it out there and it was amazing because we had the service tied to our email so I would be, you know, I would be maybe listening to the radio, hear the commercial, and then you see the inbox just blin, blin, filling blin, blin. up with, yeah, with, uh, with people wanting consultations. Um, I can tell you it worked really well the first year. Um, this second year, it has not worked as well as it did the first year. Okay. Uh, I, the promotion itself didn't work as well as it did the first year. I think some of that has to do with weather um you know last year in, Indian, in Indianapolis specifically it was an extremely warm uh first quarter uh whereas this year it's been more cold um so we're thinking that that is kind of we ran the exact same promotion um so we're thinking that may may play into it a little bit but um, the texting has definitely been interesting uh and, and i can tell you some advice if you do try it is to keep the conversation text messaging um so you know we tried it at 1st where. We took a text, and then we'd call them, and it didn't work so well. Mm-hmm. The people wanted to just stay texting back and forth, which was perfectly fine. Um, so it worked a lot better that way.
1: So a couple a couple of really cool insights for most of you. You know, First of all, broadcast media is working for them. Uh, second of all, uh, using text messages. A lot of you might not even know that's a thing, right? But there's technology out there where you could say, hey, on the radio ad, text Furnace to 55333, whatever number you had set up through your system, and get those leads. Um, and then you can engage with them via, via text messages platform for that kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting that you've got their cell phone number, which is usually a great thing, but you're saying as you reached out to them to follow up, they were like, hey, I texted you, why don't you just text me back?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was very, in the, the conversation Whereas I think most of the time, you know, CSRs were taught to get a lot of information and, and understand what the situation is. It, I, I cut down on that drastically to the point where it was when can we get out to do a free consultation they would usually respond with tuesday and i would say okay great would 9 a.m work and if so can i get your name and address
0: Mm.
2: so we would just book it and then they would say okay yeah i'm you know sue smith at 123 maine and we i'd finish the conversation with okay great we'll see you tuesday um, we get that consultation book and then head on out there and, and get it taken care of without ever, ever speaking to them on the
1: phone. Very, very cool stuff. The other thing I wanted to come back to, you know, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, was uh, this whole notion of layering with your advertising and your marketing strategy. Um, can you talk more about that?
2: Yeah, so certainly. So we've gotten, you know, I, I'm sure everybody can relate to the, oh, I send out this mailer, I paid the postage, I paid for the printing, and oh my gosh, I got like three leads back, uh, or whatever it is, and you're just like, oh, I'm never doing that again, that's terrible, Uh, you know, direct mail doesn't work, all of this stuff. So what we found, and it was really by accident, I am no marketing genius, that's for sure, um, but what we found is when we started using radio that was telling one message, and then we'd send postcards to maybe that same demographic with the exact same message, our response rate was going way up Um, and i think if you really think about it from a marketing perspective i hear it on the radio but i'm in the middle of something or i'm driving or whatever it may be i get home and oh there's that postcard again oh yeah i meant to call them or uh, whatever it may be and then we were layering our newsletter on top of that Mm -hmm. so our our own customer base which possibly hearing us on the radio they were getting a postcard and then maybe a week later they were getting a newsletter and then a week after that, they were getting a second reminder postcard. Um, and then they may see us on social media and, and different things like that, that I think is really, really helped our marketing. There again, you know, we're not doing anything special. You know, there's no direct mail. Yeah, there's, there's some definite techniques and, and different direct response um, things you can do. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's really about getting in front of your customer consistently in my mind is what has made our stuff successful.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and the power of thinking about it in terms of campaigns and synchronizing the messaging um, and, and the fact that you're seeing a synergy, it's really kind of a synergistic approach where one plus one doesn't, in this case, equal two. It equals something greater because they're seeing it in multiple channels and it's resonating at a different level.
2: Correct, yeah. And I think the other thing, too, that goes along with that that I would mention is just the i think it's so hard because i know it was so hard for me when we first did it because usually if you think of a you know a heating coupon or a plumbing coupon there's like four coupons on there and and then i can relate it's like well what if they need this service well what if they need this service well what if they need this service and to me it we found better success with here's one offer Mm -hmm. i get that maybe not everybody's interested in it but for the people that are it's a very clear message mm-hmm. this is what the offer is please respond if you're interested um, which has definitely helped us it's been hard uh, I will admit that trying to just put one offer out there and you're thinking Dada. you know well maybe you know maybe they don't need a new system maybe they need a tune-up or whatever it is um, it to me we found better success with just the one offer be very clear about what you're what you're asking for
1: nice that's a that's a great tip Yeah, don't try and bombard them with six different options give them one option if yeah. they can take or leave And it will resonate with the people that want that particular offer at that particular moment better than multiple options that don't resonate with anybody. Yeah, for sure. Great great point. So, I mean, you're kind of looking at you guys' reputation, your growth rate. Um, You guys have an amazing online reputation. You've got lots and lots of online reviews. What kinds of things do you guys do in order to generate uh, online reviews for the company?
2: Yeah, so online reviews, um, we use the, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, we use the um, dispatching software of Service Titan uh, to, to run our company. Um, through Service Titan, we have a service called ReviewBuzz uh, that's tied into Service Titan. Um, I would say that the one thing, you know, the reviews have been great for that, but probably the better um, service that Review Buzz helps us with is it generates an email to each customer before the service call with the technician's picture and a short bio. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: that is probably the one thing in this business that I would have never thought about in a million years and we get the most compliments on in our online reviews is about, that was so nice they sent me a picture and a bio about the guy that was coming out. Um, And I think people just really resonate with, it creates that personal connection Right up front, as opposed to who's this strange man in my house and what does he want to sell me? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we're there for. Uh, we're there to educate and, and provide options for you know taking care of whatever problem you may have on that particular day.
1: So that's awesome and a great tip, right? There's lots of awesome tools in this space. Uh, Review Buzz, I think, is one of the best of the best. Uh, what they've done that's that's really makes it even better is you you tag team Service Titan, which is probably the best tool for dispatching, CRM, kind of marketing analytics, um, with review buzz, Now, every time a job is closed, the request for email is automatically pushed out. That's how you guys have it set up at this point. Is that what you're saying?
2: Certainly, yeah. The customer gets, um, and it can be somewhat cumbersome to the customer sometimes. It is We get a mixed message back, but yeah, the, and in emails auto-generated, I think it's one to two hours after the service call is closed out, um, that says, hey, would you like to review us on one of these platforms? Um, and I can tell you, we probably get, we probably get in the, I mean, its its it's been staggering since we signed up with ReviewBuzz. I think we had maybe, uh, it was a very low, uh, unimpressive number of Google reviews, um, and now we have tons. Uh, which is awesome. Obviously, you know, uh, you guys know best as much as that helps you in the, in the local search game. Uh, that's, that's definitely where it's at, and, and people are definitely probably reading reviews more now than ever.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. It helps with the conversion, it helps with your online rankings on the maps, it, it helps in so many different ways. Um, so, so it's great. And so, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you've got Service Titan and you're using Review Buzz, you didn't know that it could be set up to automatically do that definitely looking into getting that synced up. The other thing is the, the email, pre-dispatch email that can be set up to go out, um, it's, it's, it's built into their platform. It's an extremely powerful piece of it. I find most of the companies I talk with haven't taken the steps to set it up. They don't have a picture of the tech, they never got the description, they never synced it up so the email goes out. Um, And Chad's telling you, customers love that. It's a differentiation point for you as a company. And it makes them more likely to refer you and probably write a review for you. Would you agree?
2: Uh, Certainly, yeah. Because I think that, there again, that that personal connection is made. You know, a funny, quick funny story. We we made the mistake one time of not telling. We took the technician's picture. We got their bio, but they, we forgot to tell them that actually the customer sees that. Okay. Uh, so we've had technicians that may have just started and, and they walk into a customer's house and they, they're like, well, heck, you don't, you know, I, I didn't realize you were such an avid fisherman. The guy's like, what are you talking about? Did you, you know, who, how did we? You know that about me. <laughs> exactly, so we made that mistake a, a couple of times. So we, we definitely let, uh, let guys that come aboard uh, know that their picture and their bio will be sent out uh, to the customer um, but it, it, it definitely works you know you get you know sports teams hey this guy's a fan of this team and uh you know we had one guy not too long ago he he was uh, being here in indianapolis everyone everyone's a big colts fan uh, and one of our guys was a big steelers fan uh, and one of the, the customers actually made reference to the fact that even though he was a steelers fan he still he still really enjoyed his service type thing. So <laughs> some funny stuff there just created on some personal level.
1: And it creates a little bit of that personality personality that you would never see otherwise. Certainly. Exactly. Very, very cool. So we talked about email marketing. Um, how about social media? Like what are you guys doing with social media? Are you tapping into Facebook and Twitter and some of these other social uh, channels to generate leads and opportunities?
2: Yeah. So, so Facebook is uh, very new to us. Um, I know that's weird to say uh, Facebook being new um, but just in how we utilize Facebook so uh, we made the uh, we made the decision to probably about a month and a half two months ago uh, we brought on a team member who all he does is shoot video um, so video 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 and, and whether that is you know uh, three tips on you know uh getting your furnace ready for winter or whatever it may be or you know how to save energy in the home or whatever that may be um he's he's taking care of that um he's taking care of you know getting technicians out in the field video testimonials from customers Mm -hmm. which are extremely powerful um and then we're using um we're using facebook um as that platform to educate our customers um through video and and really create engagement um so we are seeing where We're posting videos, um, and then with with Facebook's analytics, the ability to drive down to a particular segment of the population is just somewhat creepy, um, uh, how how defined you can can really get. Um, But being able to drive down to that customer, then test it versus other groups of customers, and then really putting that, that particular ad that you see is not really an ad, but just a tip, short video, two minutes long, when you find one that works really well and resonates with your customers, and just putting that on autopilot and really pushing that out into people's streams and news feeds, and we've seen videos ramp up to over eight thousand views just on a short two-minute video. And there again, are we having people just flood the phone lines when we post the video? Absolutely not. It is, don't don't be confused that you know we're just this is some magic bullet. It is not. It's a long-range strategy to where we're always out in front of the customer and we're always providing value. We very, very rarely ask for or run a promotion with Facebook or anything like that. Now there may be a link in the description to learn more where we may capture that customer's information. But for the most part, we're just trying to get information out there and become the authority and become the expert when it comes to heating and plumbing here in Indianapolis. People have seen us, they know who we are, and they know what we're about.
1: That's awesome. It's, it's probably two steps ahead of most of the plumbing HVAC companies. You've invested in, in content, right? you got somebody there that can shoot the videos, and then you've got a strategy of using those videos. I'm sure we're you know leveraging them on, on YouTube and things as well, but really targeting your ideal customer base with social media to get your message and to get your brand out in front of that ideal target market. Uh, and it's just brilliant, and thank you very much for, for sharing that with, with all of us.
2: Certainly, certainly, yeah. And I think that's going to become, we talked about layering earlier, mm-hmm. um, and we're new into this Facebook, but that piece of layering uh, I think is going to be our most pivotal uh, because we get into the customer stream of consciousness through education and through a very hands-off approach, and then we, we are in front of them in maybe their mailbox or something like that where they're used to seeing maybe an advertising message, but they've already seen that brand uh, you know, a number of times before they do need us and we're always out there in front of them.
1: Yeah, powerful. So, so I mean, we've talked about a lot of different pieces to the puzzle, a lot of different things you guys do to generate leads, to keep the trucks running, to, to keep the momentum that's going within the company. Um, out of all these channels, what generates the most new business for you guys, like those new customers and the new leads?
2: Yeah, um, you know, uh, it, it, probably a collection of you know a couple of things uh, one is um one is our, is our paper quick uh, so our paper quick works really well um, as far as getting people in need being in front of them when they have an emergency obviously you can't tell you know you send out a mailer you're kind of crossing your fingers hoping that uh, maybe some people will have you know a water heater that went out or something like that um but we all know that's kind of wishful thinking mm-hmm. um, whereas paper quick gets us in front of customers when they most need us when they're searching for our terms. So I would say that that's generating as the bulk of our calls um, and really something that we got serious about, um, you know, probably about two years ago. um, And then you guys have kind of accelerated that growth on that channel. Um, So I definitely say that's a big one. Um, And then really staying in front of our own customer base um, and really getting out in front of them to provide service and letting them know of what we provide and, and all those services.
1: Absolutely. So staying, staying in touch, staying in front of the customer base. Do you find it usually manifests in repeat business or referral based business, where they're like, "Hey, I use these guys," and they're and they're getting, you know, you're getting referred.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that there's there's a huge element of that. Um, you know, especially having the trucks out in the neighborhood and, and different things like that. Um, you, you know, if your neighbor trusts the company, then maybe you know you should trust them too. Um, I would say we could do a better job on the referral end of the thing Mm. is is really capitalizing on that. Um, Obviously, you know, oftentimes we look at strategies, pay-per-click is a pretty painless strategy. You know, I put my trust in you guys, you guys take care of me, um, but, you know, referral marketing, that's a little bit more difficult, you know, you got to kind of get in the trenches and and make it happen, Mm. Um, and that's something that we're taking strides to do because, in my mind, no matter how much you grow and different stuff like that, that's really the best lead right there is if you can get out in front of somebody um, and, and have the backing of maybe a neighbor or friend that, that really uses this and really likes this.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, great, great, great stuff, great feedback. Um, somebody, somebody is on, uh, Dub Moore is on with us live on Facebook and he was asking, you know, he's, he's earlier in his business process and he's wondering. You know, if you had to pick one to get started, and you were kind of restarting, where do you think you would would start? Like wh- which one of these channels do you think you would focus on first?
2: Um, you know, that's tough to say. I, I think, honestly, um, you know, either the either the the pay per click, um, and then I think some of the more grassroots type stuff like a newsletter, you know, maybe if that's, if you're starting up, maybe that's not a print newsletter or maybe that's not, you know, our newsletter's eight pages long. Maybe it's not eight pages. Maybe it's just two pages uh, or maybe it's just the front and back of, a paper, of the paper. But I think as your community is, is smaller and tight knit when you're first starting, getting out in front of that, that customer base on a consistent basis, uh, you know, I think is key. And there's a multitude of different ways that you can do that, um, you know, if you are on a tighter budget or you know you're just starting out or whatever that looks like there, there's plenty of things that you can do it's just some of them may be more you know feet on the street type, type um, you know strategies that, that you have to get out there in front of the customer
1: good stuff thanks for answering that Doug hopefully that that helps to get your creative juices flowing coming from a really successful you know operator in this particular industry so I mean you you get a like a really advanced thought process in terms of marketing in terms of business development I'm sure there's been training groups and organizations that have helped kind of develop you and develop your expertise in this space. Which which organizations have had the biggest impact on you uh, and and kind of the growth of of Peterman?
2: Yeah, certainly. So um, obviously, uh, you know, as I kind of explained at the beginning, our growth took off probably about three or four years ago. Um, a lot of that um, is due to we are a member of NextStar, um, and NextStar is really. And and truly revolutionized our business. Um, It it is, we have changed so much, um, you know, sometimes much to the chagrin of, uh, you know, maybe the ladies in the office and the guys out (laughs) in the field. But uh, it's been amazing to see the transformation um, and what Nextstar has done for us. um, It's nothing, there again, it's no magic bullet and it takes a ton of effort and you have to really love what you do. Um, but I'm sure most people, if, if you're running your own business, you do love what you do or you wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the, the ability to get everybody in an organization, especially as we continue to grow on the same page and aiming for the same goal, is truly remarkable. And it's one of the most satisfying feelings I have going home every night knowing that, you know, someone's excited because someone sold another job or someone's excited because we got a positive review. Um, and we know what that means for the business. Um, and I think NextStar has done a great job of showing us the proper way to get there um, and then how much success you can have after, um, after you do make those changes and, and make those improvements to where you can go in the future.
1: Fantastic. And is it's just it's a powerful organization. If you're listening to this, you've never heard of it, uh, check it out. It's Nextstar Network. If you run a Google search, you can find it. Um, you know, if you look through our archive and interviews, a lot of the companies we interview – You know, they're doing five, 10, 15 million dollars plus per year, have been part of that organization or currently part of it. So, I mean, it's just a powerful best practices group. You get all kinds of training and resources. And more importantly, you get to plug into guys like Chad, the guys like Kevin, the guys like we've interviewed in the past that you guys get together on a pretty consistent basis and you get to just exchange ideas and best practices, right?
2: Yeah, I, I would say I, I'm glad you brought that up. I would say, uh, in conjunction with the processes and different things like that, um, the uh, the network is just incredible. I mean, obviously, as you continue to grow, you're gonna you're gonna be aiming for things that you've never seen before. Um, you know, you're gonna be aiming for, you know, well, shoot, how are we gonna do that with this many people? Well, maybe there's a process, or maybe there's a person you can stick in there, and a lot of that is learned. Um, I probably I probably talk to, I mean, they have a ton of coaches. I probably talk to, you know, my. I know I talk to my business coach at least two to three times a month.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's
2: other coaches in, in different disciplines that I talk to, and then other business owners. Uh, we actually just got back um, from uh, a trip to Atlanta. We went down for uh, two days to Atlanta to visit a company down there, mm-hmm. uh, Ragsdale uh, Heating and Air, which runs an unbelievable operation uh, down there, Art and the guys. Uh, We're we're truly gracious with their time um, just so we could see that next level and what that looks like. So we spent a whole day and just dissecting their business and meeting with different leaders in the company. um, And and all of that is provided through the connections um, that that are made in in NextStar, which is truly powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a powerful thing that, you know, if you're going to get to the next level, you have to get around people that are at the next level. And so, plugging into organizations like Next or give you access to that, and uh, I think that's that's a big part of what you guys have, have accomplished. Um, so, you know, this has been amazing. You shared some awesome insights. I'm sure everybody's like, "Wow, this was awesome!" Thank you, Chad, so much. Um, what, what? I guess just to kind of wrap us up, what additional nuggets of wisdom or insight would you have to share for that plumbing or HVAC business owners is, that's just trying to get to the next level, and trying to you know, move the needle to the, to the next next place. Certainly.
2: Um, I, I think the biggest piece of insight, and, and this took me, um, you know, personally a while to learn, is I think a lot of people think of growth as, well, how much money do I need to spend on marketing and how many postcards do I need to send out and, and different things of that nature. And, and what, I've, what I've uncovered um, in my short time in this industry is that it's, it's really not about any of that at all. Um, it, it's, it's really about finding the best people possible. Mm. Um, and then when you find the best people possible, it's your job as, a, as an owner, um, as maybe a manager, it's your job to provide a platform for those particular people to be at their best. Um, and, and that is you know, through, through leadership and support and, and understanding what they need to be successful. Because ultimately, you know, I I get people that ask, you know, well, you know, how much are you spending on marketing or or whatever it may be? And it's really not about that marketing at that point is secondary Mm. marketing is just to, I've, I've provided a platform for this plumber to be the best plumber in the city. Now I've got to use marketing just to get him in front of the right people. And he's going to be able to do his thing. And truly, when what we have done over the past two years is really put an emphasis on growing people and growing our organization. And when you do that, it is it is just it it's even caught me by surprise. um, When you talk about growth and, and growing, and it's we need to add another person. And sometimes we've added people, and we may not need another plumber, but we're always recruiting, and we found a really good plumber we'll spend a few extra marketing dollars to get him in front of the right people. It's all about finding the right fit uh, that are gonna fit into our culture and really express that culture to our customers because that's what makes us different. Um, That's what sets us apart and and that's why we want to be the organization. You know, we always have the phrase when we're recruiting is we want a line lined up outside the front of the door where everybody wants to come work here. And when we can do that, that, when we hit that level, uh, of, of culture and, and, and um, you know just just overall company um, dynamic um, we're going to be a truly truly powerful place and we're going to affect lives of not only our customers um, but most importantly our employees and that's, that's what we're here to do that's our bigger purpose it doesn't matter how big we get
1: it just matters really about how many lives we can affect um, in a positive way for sure that's awesome and, and- Great feedback, great, great concept to close today's interview on. Uh, Chad, thank you so much. If you're listening to this, if you're watching it, uh, maybe if you're listening to it after the fact, uh, be sure to, you know wherever you found this, reach out to Chad. Thank him for sharing his time. Thank him for sharing this information. Um, you know, Really appreciate your spirit, your willingness to share, because not everyone is willing to say, hey, look, this is what I did. This has been my success. Um, and so thank you for your willingness to do that.
2: Yeah, no problem at all. There again, you know, we, we, we just got that talking about helping helping employees and stuff like that. You know, it, it's my belief, too, that our industry a whole, uh, the trades. Um, we've got to, uh, we've got to lean on each other to prop ourselves up because our, our services are needed um, and, uh, you know, we help a lot of people. Um, and if there's anything I can ever do to help anybody, uh, you know, I've, I've made tons of mistakes. Uh, So if I can keep you from making one of those or or learn from somebody else on on what to do, I'm I'm more than happy
1: to share for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks guys so much for joining us on this call. Thank you, Chad. Uh, If you'd like to hear more interviews like this with other highly successful plumbing and HVAC business owners on how they market and grow their companies, be sure to go to plumbingmarketing.net. There you can subscribe via email. You can also subscribe via iTunes if you happen to want to listen while you drive. So Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, Post comments wherever you happen to watch this. Post a comment on iTunes. Post a comment on YouTube. That helps us out a lot. Uh, Or post a comment underneath the Facebook Live. Be sure to reach out to Chad and thank him for his time. And we will wrap it there. Chad, I'll let you have the last word. Thanks so much again for your time.
2: Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, there again, wish everybody continued success. Uh, looks like it, it's warming up around the country, so I'm sure all the uh, all the heating contractors, cooling contractors around the around the country are excited about that. I know we are. Um, and, and there again, just I, I think the biggest thing is remember that we're we're growing people um, and, and helping them to su- succeed. Um, when we do that, the company's always going to succeed
1: uh, in the end for sure. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later. All right. I, I closed the I closed the Facebook feed, so we're offline. But uh, let me stop the recording.